Hey, what's up, guys? We're back again after a little break last week. It's me and Justin this time. We're going to hit you guys with uh, a little bit of a different setup than normal. Um, instead of going over the matchups, we're going to do some uh, trade analysis because a lot of trades have happened. And uh, what else are we going to do, Justin? Yeah, I don't know. We've been on such a hiatus for couple of weeks at least i have i think you guys did a podcast with daniel and then i then we took a week off now i came back and frankie's missing where's frankie today he's at an mgmt concert with sweet baby mish what songs do mgmt sing uh they have that one kids i think how's it go i, I kind of forget it was huge though it was huge back in high school well, while they're channeling their inner high school kids, actually, you know, high school Galembo makes me think of David Guetta. <laughs> Squinty eyes and where, where is the love? Are you, is that sure? it? Are you sure? No, it wasn't where is the love. What was the Guetta song that everybody loved? Where, isn't where is the love like Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It was like, it was he, Memories, right? He, oh, that song was sick. Yeah, that was a great song. I can't shit on Memories. Trying to make me shit on memories? No, what was that one song that was David Guetta? <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. Love is Gone. That was it. Love is Gone, yeah. Not Where is the Love. Yeah, yeah it was close. And you call yourself DJ <laughs> Electro Lou. I never called myself that, ever. <laughs> so, as I'm watching uh, White Sauce Astros right now, Giolito is pitching a gem. Wonder who has him. Oh, wait. It's the team that's 7-0. and <laughs> Yeah, he's been pretty good. I dropped Tanner Rorick for him. Um, but Tanner Rorick's been pretty good, too, honestly. But, yeah, Giolito, I don't know. I kind of buy into it a little bit. A lot of it. I feel like it, it makes sense, right? His story makes sense for him to be good because he had a lot of flashes last year where he was good. He had, like, a really long stretch towards, like, I want to say, like, you know, maybe around like week 13, 14. It was like after the All-Star break, and, and he was good for a, maybe a month, maybe two. You just told that. me you had him ranked as your eighth starting pitcher going into yeah. the next year. Yeah, totally. Um, you had him above, above Aaron Nola? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, mainly because Daniel has Nola, and, you know, fuck Daniel, am I right? That's right. So... We both made trades today, um, so I guess it's an apropos day to do a, a podcast with me and you. Unfortunately, yeah. our trade partners couldn't be here. One is at an MGMT major, <laughs> or David Guetta, I'm not sure. Um, the other is Daniel. I don't, I don't know what Daniel's doing tonight. He's eating Ben and Jerry's uh, in his underwear, probably. He's eating Ben Abbott <laughs> in his underwear. Probably tastes good. So your trade happened first. Do you want to talk about how the genesis of how this all kind of came together? Because I, I do have to say, I think your trade is a little bit bigger than mine. It's definitely, I, I mean, yeah, there's more players involved, right? So that alone. But it, it wasn't like there was any crazy, you know, story behind it. It was basically that my third base situation has been pretty horrible. Um, and I really wanted Austin Riley, and I was scared to bid a ton even though i always say if you want somebody get them but honestly i had just found out the day that you know riley got called up i found out off reddit and i had never heard of the guy before 
So I saw he was mashing in, in AAA. I put in $4. I thought about changing it to 6 because 6 is usually, you know, a nice little number. You get them. I kept it at 4. Um, obviously, Galembo also had 4. He beat me in the tiebreaker. And so it was kind of disappointing, but I was like, oh, you know, he's a rookie. Maybe he'll suck. And then naturally he was, you know, he's been a monster. And I was like, damn. So I hit Galembo up and I was like, you have two good third basemen now. You know, I want a third baseman. And so he sent me. He sent me an offer initially for he would give me Eric Lauer and Matt Chapman, and I would give him uh, Jorge Polanco and Joe Musgrove, and I did not want to give up Musgrove for Eric Lauer. You um, love the greasy Joe. I, I think Joe Musgrove's a great buy low, you know, because he had those two really bad starts back-to-back, and he's a BABIP guy a lot of the time, so I feel like those are extreme scenarios that maybe he's not going to have, you know, he had like a zero ERA, I think for like five starts in the beginning of the year. That's not going to happen, but I don't think he's going to give up seven runs back to back games or whatever he did. So I didn't want Eric Lauer. And I was like, I'd rather I'm better off streaming third base throughout the year as shallow as it is. I'm sure another guy will get called up in a month or so than losing out on starting pitching and, you know, having to go to the wire and pray that, you know, Sam Gaviglio is, is my savior. Um, so then he hit me with another offer after I rejected that one. And that's the one that, that he offered me today that I accepted. I'll cut out my dad uh, coughing. Is, my that, is everything okay in your house? <laughs> no, my dad had to flee. <laughs> so I slept at Carla's yesterday. I okay. came home today and my dad was fine yesterday when i left i came home today and now he has a bubonic plague so oh geez yeah well to be honest it kind of makes sense because the voice finale was last night and my dad is a big fan of the voice so he wasn't competing no <laughs> not this year <laughs> oh not this year not after what happened with blake yeah i heard that blake uh, spurned him pretty hard last year uh, it was it was fucked up i always pictured him as an adam levine guy though i don't dad Who's your favorite judge on, on The Voice? My favorite judge on The Voice? Yeah, you can only pick one. I don't, I mean, I don't really... They're all about to die, and you can only save one of them. Who are you saving? Adam Levine. Adam Levine? Mm-hmm. Okay. But for no reason. Because you think he's pretty. Other than I probably can't pick up Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Blake lover. Not really. No. Not even that candle. I didn't even no. Well, you were right. There you go. Carla did get him um, for Christmas last year a gag gift of a prayer candle with Blake Shelton's face as the Blessed Mother. So we have that in our house. Is that kind of like your Slack photo? Yeah, kind of. I guess it's his own version of it. Can we talk about your Slack photo? (laughs) <laughs> my slack photo is pretty great because we all just kind of let it be and no one ever acknowledges it <laughs> it's you and alex colome right yeah it's me and alex colome i had a horrible year that year my fantasy <laughs> team sucked and so i i knew we weren't really going to win it but i picked up alex colome and i was like this is it he's my he's my savior so i superimposed his face on baby jesus and mine on blessed mother and that's my photo and it's been you. You haven't had him since. No, I don't think you I just have. spurned him. 
Well, it's like I had to share Jesus, you know? I had to spread him around. Who do you think is the best uh, singer in the major leagues, now that we're talking about the voice? The best singer? Oh, yeah, we're going to leave all that on. All right. <laughs> um, the best singer in the major leagues. I kind of feel like the answer to the best anything that doesn't have to do with baseball in the major leagues is probably Mookie Betts. I you just think feel like so? that guy has endless talents. Yeah. Eh, maybe. I can see it. I was going to go with like maybe like a fat black dude because he'd have that deep, soulful, you know? Yeah. Like a CC Sabathia, you know? Speaking of fat black dudes, the uh, I, I forget what account it was. It might have been like Baseball Bros or like Cut4 tweeted out a photo of a little kid's like player card. And it was like, oh, can you guess the pro? And it was like this little white kid. But if you look at the comments, everyone's like, David Ortiz, Carlos <laughs> Lee, Jung Ho Gong. <laughs> and they're hilarious because they're just naming everyone who the kid clearly is not. <laughs> That's pretty good. Just for the fact that they mentioned Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee. <laughs> Round of applause for Carlos Lee. Um, so getting back on track a little bit more, the, the Matt Chapped Man. Yeah, the Chapped Man, yeah. Sorry. How did you feel about him coming into the year? Were you a fan of the Chapped Man? I was a huge fan of Matt Chapman coming into the year. Um, you and me prepped together. You actually were less of a fan of Matt Chapman. I was. It made me kind of, you know, second guess his his floor because he strikes out a lot. And ultimately, I went with the much better Travis Shaw. Um, and that's been <laughs> that's just been a great move all around. So, uh, Poor Travis Shaw. I thought that was a really good pick. Yeah, I know. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he comes back and he's a changed man. But he might. Not. Nah, probably not. We'll see. I feel like he's been so good the past couple of years for like, I feel like he's always on Jeff's team. Yeah. He's due for like 30 home runs, right? So it's gotta be. I'll take them all in the second half. That's fine. So you get Chapman and who was the other player? Uh, Big Seaman. Ah, uh, Seaman. You liked him too. Yeah, I did actually. So you get the whole athletics infield. Love the athletics. Always love the athletics. You have been a big athletics fan your entire you know, fantasy entire- career. Yeah. No, I do. I do like the A's. Who's your who's your favorite uh historical athletic? Um I I mean I've been scorned by him, but it would have been Brett Anderson. That's right. I was super big when Brett Anderson just came up. Eric had him his one good good year. I bought into it super hard the next year. Um we actually had a board bet back in the day, Brett Anderson versus Max Scherzer, who at the time was just a young Detroit Tiger. Yeah. Was, you know, he was big with strikeouts but prone to giving up you know, six runs a game. And Brett Anderson obviously went on to be a Cy Young winner um, and just all around a great pick. And you're an idiot for picking Max Scherzer. So. Yeah. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so Max Scherzer, he, so he came up with the Diamondbacks, and I believe he was part of the Ian Kennedy deal that sent him to the Tigers. I got to look that up. I'll look that up and come back to you on that one. I don't remember. But... Anyway, yeah, so you always been a big fan of the athletics, specifically the pitching. You were a big fan of, like, the, the Rich Hardens of the world. Oh, yeah, Rich Harden. That was my first last-round pick, and he Your was pretty first good. first last love. Yeah. Him and Josh Johnson. You remember Josh Johnson? Yeah, but he was never on the athletics. No, nah, he was a Marlin. A's and Marlins. Those are my pitchers. Ricky Nolasco? Yeah. Love Ricky Nolasco. But what happens when those players leave the 
Athletics and the Marlins, you kind of start. Well, yeah. I mean, Nolasco, he went to the Twins. He was, he was shit. He was shit. I remember so there was one time that I, uh, you know, I was first getting into, like, sabermetrics and stuff in fantasy baseball. I guess this was about, like, five years ago. And I noticed that Ricky Nolasco always, every single year, had a really low left-on-base percentage. And I wanted to know if that was something that was sustainable and carried year to year. You know how, like, hitters that are fast always have a higher Babbitt. And hitters that right. are slow, like right. Hendrys Morales, always have a Babbitt of, like, 180. Right. So I want to know if left-on-base percentage was something that was sustainable. Like, maybe pitchers are better or worse at pitching out of the stretch. So I tweeted at Eric Carabell and Tristan Cockroft, <laughs> citing Ricky Nolasco's left-on-base percentage. And then had to listen to the ESPN Fantasy Focus for the next, like, 14 days to see if they ever answered my question. They never did. They never did? They never did. Honestly, those two kind of suck. It was way better with Barry. And Nate Rabbits? Yeah, Barry and Nate. Nate Rabbits? Yeah. I love Todd them. Vader? They were sick. They were so good. So now all we bad. have is is three guys, one couch, you know? <laughs> Are we still called that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, anyway, so uh, about the trades, the, the Chapman trade, I didn't think it was as lopsided as the slack made it out to seem today. Um, so I think Chapman's the best player in the deal, but I don't think it's a huge gap between him and, uh, Jorge Polanco because Polanco has been tearing the cover off the ball. So, Um, so yeah, about that, I'm really just busting Glumbos. I don't think it's a horrible trade. I don't think it's going to make anyone win the league or lose the league. My big question was, I, I just didn't know what the point of it was for Galembo, and I thought he probably could have gotten a better offer. Nothing against your Shinsu Chu. I know you're a big Shinsu Chu fan. I like Shinsu Chu. Ever man. since you dropped him, you know, last year. Well, he was filthy last year, and then until, I looked into him a little more. Yeah, until, like, August or July. Right, I feel right. like that guy's brittle as all fuck. Well... There's an article, it's pretty good on Pitcher List, not that anyone's going to go digging deep for it, but like a month or two ago, somebody put up an article on Pitcher List digging into Shinsu Chu, and basically... They, they found did- melanoma. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, they pointed towards that stretch where he was bad at the end of last year as actually being the outlier, because since he's changed, he added a leg kick to his... Um, to how he swings the bat. And since then, he's had a very consistent, like, 20-something homers. Um, his on-base percentage is, like, you know, 380 or some shit. And then he he got hurt, or, like, he got hit by a pitch and then didn't go on the DL, and he played through it. And, um, I mean, it you know, it's not proven or anything, but they thought that that's why he was bad for that stretch. And, I mean, he's been so good so far this year, so I don't know why everyone hates him, but... Yeah, he's been good. I mean, look, it's your strategy of, right, I bet you I can go find some outfielders who can give me 80% of what Shinsu Chu is going to project to do. You just have to find the right ones. Right. And if you can't do that, then you got to trade for Shinsu Chu, who seems to always be hurt. I don't know if that's just me. Maybe he's only good for Eric's team ever. I don't think so, man. I don't... I, I feel like I'm not remembering it the way that you're remembering it with Shinsu Chu always being hurt. I'm pulling up the games that he's played. So in 2018, he played 146 games. 2017, 149 games. He was hurt in 2016, 2015, 149. 
2014, I guess he was hurt a bit, 123. Right. 2013, 154, 155. But he's also going to be 37 in two months. Yeah, so is Hunter Pence, you know? Yeah, and he's also brittle as all fuck, and no one would give me... I, I haven't tried to shop Hunter Pence because I really like and enjoy what he's been doing, but I would bet you that no one would be willing to give me shit for Hunter Pence. Probably. Um, but I do think Chu has done it longer than Pence has at this age. Pence kind of stopped playing baseball, from what I thought, after he left the Giants. I didn't even know Hunter Pence was still in the big leagues. Yeah. But, well. all right, if you look at Chu, he's got 21 homers last year, 22 the year before. Um, and fantasy points per game it's 2.8 last year 2.9 the year before 2.8 the year before that three the year before that so how much is he so far this year 3.2 right now he's been really good i actually didn't like i wasn't i wasn't entirely sure if i should make the trade because i figured i could still just stream third base and i like having chew but have Blanc. you seen the third baseman available? Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah, and to, that's to Jeff's point about willing to trade a legit starting shortstop for a good third baseman, like it's mm-hmm. really hard to find a good third baseman on waivers, and I think that the outfielders are available. But can you t- can you find somebody on any position on waivers as good as Jorge Polanco and has 171 and a half points? No, but I don't think Jorge Polanco is going to keep averaging 3.8 points a game. All right. Don't tell me you do. No, I don't think he's going to average 3.65, but I could see him averaging 3, which would make him, you know, amazing. Matt Chapman's averaging, I think, like 3.1 right now. Yeah, which I think is is within his range. But Polanco, I mean, his BABIP is 3.72. And look, I, I I like Polanco. I think Polanco's a good shortstop. I think Simeon is an average to above average shortstop. I don't think that the difference between them makes up for the difference between Chu and Chapman. Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I don't want to be that guy that just, you know, defends this trade. Um, well, I mean, you're shitting on it from, for yourself, though. You're defending Chu. Well, I, I, I just don't think it's, like, unfair. I think it's pretty balanced, in my opinion. But, like, I could be overrating my own guys, you know? Cause well, they're not your guys anymore. Give, yeah, it, but... give it one day and you're going to hate Shinsu Chu. <laughs> I don't think so. You're going to say he's the he's the worst player in the majors. I appreciate Shinsu Chu, man. I appreciate everything he's done for me. You didn't say that after you dropped him last year. Yeah, because fuck that. He was horrible. And then I dropped him and he decided the day that Eric picked him up to be amazing. But... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think it's as bad as you you guys made it out to be. And I'm really poking Galembo's buttons. I don't think it's a horrible trade, as I said. I just think Look, he probably could have gotten Not as bad as Michael Walker for Josh Bell, I'll tell you that. Talk about trade of the year. I mean, look, but Josh Bell wasn't Josh Bell when that trade was made. Michael Walker was still Michael Walker. Well, well, look, people are willing to do desperate things for pitching. I can't tell you the amount of favors that Galembo has offered to do to me. <laughs> if I just gave him some starting pitching. Well, you did give up some starting pitching. I did. It was Tell a sad us. day. It was yeah. a sad day cutting ties with Jeff Samarja for the first time in one and a half years. Well, walk us through the logic a little bit, because you gave up a starting pitcher. I did. And you got back a Yandy Diaz. I got a, Yan- a hurt Yandy Diaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
<laughs> Yandy Diaz, who went on the IL today. <laughs> An interesting target for you. <laughs> and I knew that making this trade. Um, the trade, I do like Yandy Diaz. And he's kind of like this, you know, hard hit specimen, but always would hit ground balls. And so the launch angle was never there. So it was, it, but it was less about Yandy Diaz, more about I kind of needed to make room in my starting rotation because I have Kenta Maeda coming off the IL. Right. And I'm going to be honest, I don't see much of a difference between Samarja and I would say my worst starting pitcher is Daniel Norris, who I just picked up. <laughs> That's fair. I don't see much of a difference between, I don't know how old Samarja is right now, um, but an old Jeff Samarja and a Daniel Norris who at least like doesn't walk a whole bunch of people and gets some strikeouts. Samarja's home ballpark obviously is great, and that was a, a lot of the reason why I always end up with you know, him, Johnny Cueto, Derek Holland. I love drafting you Giants do. pitchers, I, but the Giants offense is so bad. Hey, Buster Posey's coming back, man. He's these, doing... these guys never get any wins. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're horrible. Imagine owning them and Will Smith. At That's one not... point this year, I had Holland, Samarja, Pomeranz, and Will Smith. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't good. Um, look, Samarja clearly was hurt last year. He came back. The velocity's not where I was hoping it'd be. And so it was just time to cut ties with him. I don't see much of a difference between him and some of the pitchers on waivers. So if I could update my third base backup, which we've talked about being pretty shallow on waivers, then that was something I was willing to do. Even if you know people look at the deal and say, I got the worst end of it because I was giving up a starting pitcher and getting a, a backup hitter. Right. I will say um, Jeff Samarza's um, fantasy points and, and fantasy points per game is a bit uh, skewed because of his last outing. So I don't hate the fact that you gave up Samarza because instead of having, what, a negative 15 outing, he got 17. So that's kind of the difference between him averaging six points a game and 10. Yeah, so for anyone who wasn't following Jeff Samarja's start last night, he gave up six runs in the second inning, but they were all unearned even though it was really kind of like one error, and then he gave up a whole bunch of home runs. So, yeah, he shouldn't have gotten 17 points last night, but he did. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I I hope Jeff Samarja regains his form. He's never been lucky for me, ever. I had him one year with the Cubs. I think it was his worst year. I've had him the last two years with the Giants after he had, like, this crazy FIP and XFIP for Eric, even though the ERA wasn't there. He's been horrible. It's time that yep. I jump off the Jeff Samarja train. I think that's fair. I feel like he's one of those players where even if the advanced numbers are, are great, you have to go with your gut on him just because And they're not. Bad. Well, yeah, this year they're not. They're not. The we ERA think. is there. I think that speaks to some of the ballpark he's been pitching to and maybe some luck with Babbitt. Yeah, it's I mean it's also super early. Like it's not it's actually not so early in the fantasy season, but He's only pitched uh, 52 innings, so that could that could be a very different number if he gets to, you know, 150. But I told Daniel, I was like, look, we're going to make this super easy. I feel like I have a lot of things that you want, and you have some things that I want, and I think that we can make an easy trade here. Um, they're only Did you go for anybody else? Did you like, or was Yandy Diaz your first target? 
No, so look, I mean, there are obviously better hitters on his team who I would rather have, but none that I knew I was going to get for Jeff Samarja. No, I'm curious, though, if you offered, like, was that your first offer? Yeah. Or were there other? There wasn't a lot of back and forth there. He he proposed some players to me and asked me what I would want for them. Um, and I asked him if Yandy Diaz was available for a starting pitcher straight up. He was like, yeah, but it depends which one. Obviously, I don't think Daniel Norris was going to get it done. So I was like, how about Jeff Samarja? And he said, sure. I proposed and he accepted. And that's how you make a trade, boys and girls. Yeah. I mean, both of these trades seemed like there wasn't a lot of back and forth. Dude, the, the back and forth kills me. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm not as young as I used to be where I would try and get Ian Kinsler for Joe Borowski. Yeah. It kills me nowadays. I can't be bothered with trying to get your fourth string relief pitcher in, in a deal because that's what's going to make it worth it. Like, these players yeah. are not going to make and break the team. And Like, if you can have a deal that helps both sides, then... Wow, Giolito just pitched a, a complete game. Did he? He finished it? Yeah, he finished it. Let's go. If there's a deal that can help both sides, like, just put pen to paper and get that thing done. And that's, look, that's what I really appreciate about doing deals with Daniel, that there's never any really funny business, at least from my perspective. Other people may have different experiences, but I feel like no, Daniel and I get deals up. done. Daniel's definitely straight up. Um, I He had mentioned that, you know, I was, like, trying to, snake him for eduardo escobar i i don't think i was trying to snake him but basically what he was referring to is i just sent him a text and i was like hey would you be interested this is back when i had michael franco um would you be interested in michael franco and any outfielder on my team who is not michael brantley um for eduardo you can't escobar. give up two michaels i can't that's no. just no one yeah it's a bad move um and he said no and i was like all right fair and it was it was short and sweet there wasn't any you know more oh but I'm not going to try to sell him on my deal. He's not going to try to sell me on his. And that is something that's really good about trading with Daniel. I hate when you try to trade with somebody and they try to spin why this guy they just picked up a week ago off waivers is the answer for your team. And and you have to give them, you know, your your second best pitcher. Yeah, I mean, that's like if I was trying to give him Daniel Norris. Yeah. Like, I realize Daniel Norris has no value. Although, no I'm gonna one. Be honest, I think you probably could have gotten Yandy Diaz for Daniel Norris. I don't know that that would have even been better, though, for you. I don't either. So. I don't either. But it's also not worth the back and forth, in my opinion. Saves a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and also, while we're talking about trades, can we talk about, like, the two-for-ones and three-for-ones? Oh, those suck, yeah. They're horrible. Those are never, those are never worth it because... The person offering the three-for-one never takes into account that the other person has to drop two players. So if yeah. you're ever going to offer a trade that's a two-for-one or a three-for-one, you have to add on the worst player on their bench yeah. to the trade, basically. And you have to do that in your, you know, how you factor out the equation. Yeah, no, it's that's very, very true. I don't think that they're always wrong, right? Like, if, oh, they're not if there's wrong. a team... With multiple holes, whether that's because of injuries or something else, right? Like, if all of a sudden I don't have a, ba a backup third baseman and, right, Moustakis and Justin Turner go down, I would be very willing to trade an outfielder for two good, a, a second baseman and a third baseman or something like that. Right. Like, I, there, it makes sense in certain situations, but 
like trying to get like someone's best player and giving them someone you just picked up and like I'll say for my team like Elvis Andrus like, he's not gonna get it done yeah and most of the time it's not even giving up a guy like Elvis Andrus though it's giving up like a you know who's on your team I mean, it, it would be like if you tried to give Daniel Vogel back when you had him you know a guy like that who now Daniel has Daniel Vogel back <laughs> yeah who's been good by the way if but, I want to propose this aesthetical. 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 If okay. every if every person owned all major league players with their own first name, who would have the best fantasy team? <laughs> um. Well, so you essentially, Justin Turner. I'd have Turner and Verlander. Oh yeah, so it's you, right? Oh but boy, no, it's Paul, you. What about the Mikes who have Mike Trout and Fultonevich? Oh, true, true. Well, I I would get Lou Trevino. You get Lou Trevino. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Trevino can take all you guys. Have. Is there anyone else named Lou or Louis? Lu- <laughs> you get the Luises. All the Luises. <laughs> you get Luis Castillo. Yeah. Okay. Luis Avalon. <laughs> okay. Luis Perdomo. I think he's still in the league. I think so. I think he's hurt. Yeah. Cuts to Frankie putting in a $15 bid for Luis Perdomo. <laughs> I think we'll get there. Are there any other, like, interesting ones? Like Eric Eric Thames? Yeah, I guess. We have I mean, two mics in our fantasy league. Every, so. Everybody would have some, right? Like, Nick, Nick would have some. Is there a Jeremy? Jeremy Jeffers. Jeremy, Jeremy Jeffers. <laughs> Jerome Jeffers. <laughs> ben. If I traded Daniel, Daniel Norris, and then he had Daniel Norris and Dan Vogel back. There you go. There's a reason to trade right there. Exactly. Are there any uh, any Jeffs? Samarza. You just traded That's him. That's true. <laughs> you just traded the Jeff. They could dig up Jeff Supon. <laughs> and he could get Yeffy. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff has been going on in the league. So it's we, at least been a very interesting. We have two Knicks. You get Nick Markakis. Yeah, who's been great? Been a great player for me. He, he was available in your any outfielder except Michael Brantley deal. Yeah, he was. Any, he was. any pitching Knicks? Nick Martinez. He's pretty bad. There's definitely a bunch. I don't know. So I think we touched on everyone. I didn't want anyone to feel left out on that experiment. <laughs> uh, Mike, Dan, Nick, Eric, yeah, we, Jeff, we Jeffrey, yeah. Frankie, Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas. Wow. We, yeah, we totally forgot Frankie. <laughs> Get fucked, Frankie. Oh, how could I forget Frankie? And I mean, I said Ben, but there's I'm. what Ben is there? Ben Horowitz, he'd have himself. That's true. And he'd probably win. It's too it's too late. Wells already drafted. <laughs> Wells has Ben Horowitz in a dynasty league somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. So anyway, all right, so we we walked through the trades a little bit. We talked a little bit about uh team first names. Yeah. Um so what do you want to do? Do you wanna go into you wanna look at the teams, you want to look at the state of the league, you want to do some name games, you want to do all of the above, I'm down for anything. Yeah, I think let's, I think let's, 
don't know if I want to go team by team for every team. I feel like yeah. we might be here for a while. Yeah, I think let's do a state of the league. You know, as we approach the halfway point in the regular season, let's take a step back. Let's analyze what's been going on in the league. Any, like, trends, any players, things that you've noticed. Yeah. The things that, you know, people are so interested and invested in the, the micro-level transactions of what's going on in their own team. We often forget to take a step back and look at what's going on state of the league. So, a macroeconomics professor over here. Exactly. Guns and butter. Guns and butter. The newspaper. All right. So um, I think probably the story that we should talk about first is that Frankie's team has gone from being in the doghouse to being second in my division. He's got the – I think he still does. No, he doesn't right now. Golombo has more. But he has the fifth most points for, right? Or no, he has – he has the fourth most uh, fourth points. most points for, but it's close. Yeah. He's almost at third, I believe. He almost, yeah, yeah. Now, all right, Frankie's four and three. Asterisk. I'm not giving him that fourth win until September sixth, and Lou Trevino does not come in into the suspended <laughs> Athletics Tigers game, and doesn't get three outs. Yeah, I mean, like you have you have a chance in that game, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I do have a chance in that game. <laughs> Um, but Frankie's a strong four and three because yes. he also lost a week to me where I think he scored like 460 points or something. It was something crazy. Yeah. So Frankie's zero and three within his division, which, you know, you don't want to do, but in a division where you have a team that's seven and zero, it really doesn't matter anymore. You're probably looking at second place. And you're probably looking at a wild card seed unless something happens to the MLB MVPs. I'm not suggesting that something bad is going to happen to you. <laughs> In real life? or <laughs> I only have five snipers looking at Zach Greinke at this very moment. Oh, shit. He's got a huge neck. They're totally going to hit. <laughs> There's definitely a juicy vein in there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like... Frankie's on a four-game winning streak. He went from being 0-3 to 4-3, and and he's in, I want to say, four. No, he's in fifth place. He has to be in fifth place. Yeah, so fifth place. But by 10 points. Right, because someone has to be winning the weak division. Right. And it's Eric right now. Right, but I think Galembo has the the fourth seed ahead of him, right? Right. And that's that's just based off of that he scored about eight more points than Frankie yeah, at this eight. point. I yeah, mean, that, that can change tonight. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, the second hottest team in the league right now. Four wins in a row. I'd say you still have to be the hottest. And he's been putting up points, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been great. Um, I think a big reason for that is Luke Weaver appearing to be legitimate. That's something that I think surprised a lot of people. Because last year was kind of the, the big hype train for Luke Weaver. And you know, props to him because he did stick his feet back into the Luke Weaver pool pretty yeah. early. I was not expecting Weaver to go that early. He's someone I did have my eyes on. Didn't think I would get him. But he went earlier than I thought, but it's been working out for Frankie. It's been great. He's averaging over 14 a game. So, it's And awesome. the other cool thing about Frankie's team is that he doesn't have Severino, who theoretically could be his best pitcher. Do we have a timeline on Severino? I and think I'm, it's after All-Star break. I'm asking the Yankee fan 0331 NY. Um, I don't actually know, but I'm going to guess it's after the All-Star break, because that's what Frankie keeps saying. Okay. 
I feel like he would know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just clicked him. He says he's already been ruled out through the All-Star break, so it's definitely going to be after the All-Star break. We just don't know when. Talk to me about Dallas Keuchel. So, so Nick Miller, let's walk through the series of events here. Nick Miller has 10 starting pitchers, unreachable on some deserted island in the middle of Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to include the biggest event of all, which, by the way, congrats, Nick. But well, has, has Wi-Fi. He has Wi-Fi. He does. And he has wife. He has wife. <laughs> His wife and Wi-Fi. So he has wife. Jeffrey have wife. <laughs> Jeremy have wife. <laughs> so many wives. All my wife. <laughs> so he, he get wife. I'm making that a drop. <laughs> he gets wife. And then he drops Dallas Keuchel who's been doing nothing but burning a hole in his team for the last seven weeks. Yeah, which good good for him. Good um, for him, yeah. It's not yeah. working out. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, look, multiple teams could use Keuchel. I don't know what's going on with him, like, not backing down with his offers. Yeah, I don't know either. I I feel like a part of me doesn't think he's going to play this year. So a like, good part of me. So Dallas Keuchel's now on waivers, and Frankie essentially says, here's all my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how much fab does Frankie even have now? He has $28 left. 20, like, where has he spent? I don't know. I'm all for throwing fab at the waiver wire, but where has Frankie spent 72 fab dollars? I don't know, but look, you don't get enough credit for your math skills. That was pretty good. Uh, thank you. I have 81 fab right now. How does Frankie have 28 fab? Let's look at Eric. Oh, let's look at Eric's fab. Take a guess. Before you look, take a guess. I'm going to say 97. I think he spent a little bit because we made fun of him. 94 is going to be my guess. Let's let's go look. 94? Let's fucking go. <laughs> it's that year for the MLB MVPs. It's 1994. But yeah, so Frankie bids $15 on Dallas Keuchel, obviously okay, gets them. Look at Frankie's team. He's drafted most of these people. Like, where'd the money go? I have no idea. Jared Eikhoff, who's been good, by the way. Yeah, he, that was a good pickup. He was picked up for... Uh, it doesn't tell you. Yeah, I know. That's unfortunate. One of the pitfalls. I'm going to guess the relief pitchers. Like, Romo's been a good pickup. Luke Jackson has been kind of, eh. But Luke Jackson I mean, has been good. I thought he blew a save recently. I mean, yeah, but yeah. everyone blows a save every now and then. Yeah, I was reading like on Reddit they want Newcomb to be the closer. I like Luke Jackson. Yeah. That's he just is for real. Nice one. You like that? Is that MGMT? No, that's Outcast. I guess the pitchers, Perez, who's been a good one, Plutko, who's not been a good one. I don't think Frankie remembers that Adam Plutko pitched last year and sucked. Right? Yeah. Plutko's not my favorite. I don't mind him. So I'm looking right now. Frankie's just spent a little bit of money on everyone. Like Sandy Alcantara was the first pickup of the year for 4 bucks. Swarzak he got for 3 bucks. It's just been a lot of like four and five dollar bids. Obviously, the big one was fifteen for Dallas Keuchel, six for Martin Perez, 
five for Griffin Canning. I mean, look, there are people who are still on his team. There, most of them have been good pickups, except Justice Sheffield. He's not on his team anymore. But what I was gonna say with the Keiko move is that the reason why I am not in love with it is because Keiko is kind of like a a C tier version of Luis Severino on his team. And Severino, he at least gets to stash. Like, Keuchel is, he's a lottery ticket, but Frankie probably wants to win now because he's right in the middle of the, the playoff hunt with basically the whole league is, is tied. Right. Everyone, I mean, three and four or four and three. Frankie's essentially saying, fuck all the rest of you. My pitching is good enough that I can beat all of you with one less pitcher. And maybe he's right, but it's risky. I mean, um, that's a move you do when you're seven to zero. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even taking that risk. <laughs> Just because, like Frankie's pitchers are volatile as is, so I feel like he needs a. Like I think what would help Frankie so much is having a guy like a Zach Granke type, even if it's not like you know somebody that has as many points as Granke. Like a guy like Mark Martin Perez has been for him. Yeah, where it's, he's getting him twelve points a game, thirteen points a game. Frankie, by the way, picked up Mike Soroka for $3. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Dropped That's... him three days later for CC Sabathia for $1. Yeah. And then dropped CC for Keiko. So So between that, the $3, the $1, and the fit, that's $19 in a... And a Dallas Keiko to show for it. Yeah. And well, he also oh. turned Miley into Soroka. Did he draft Miley? He did. Yeah, he did. All right. He did. So... You know, we'll see where it goes, but I think Frankie's definitely one of the big stories, especially the last four weeks, as he's made his summit back to the top of the standings. Yeah. If you had to predict who's going to be in the playoffs right now, give me the seeds. Man, you want people to hate me. Just do it. No, I mean, like, people people should not get offended by this. This is... No. I will say, I think Lewis will be the one seed. I think Galembo will be the two seed. That's that's bullshit. You don't think that. I think Galembo will be the two seed. All right, so I'm the one seed and you're the two seed. Who is who is getting the rest of the seeds? Who's winning the top division? Is it going to be Eric or is one of these are one of these other teams going to I would put my money on Jeff. Yeah, I would too. I like Jeff's team a lot. Jeff a also a known winner, multiple-time yeah. winner of the NYFBL. Yeah. Not a single-time winner. There's only one of those. He's a three-time winner. He's a three-time winner. Yeah. He's got more wins than I do, so he's, he's killing it. Are you two? I'm two. You're five. They're he's... like a really strong two. Yeah, my first one was kind of, you know. But Jeff just got Turner back, which is huge, and right. Hicks came back a little while ago. So he's got a lot of these guys coming back. Um so, yeah, if, I like you, if you want to say you won, I'll be the two. We'll put Jeff as the three. Okay. I, look, I really like Galembo's team. Not with all the injuries he has right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'd put Frankie as the four. Okay. I'd put Galembo as the five. I'm with you right now, 100%. And... You know what the question comes down to is a two game lead enough for Eric? So 
I don't think it is, personally. So who do you um, have in there over him? I have no idea. But I don't think Eric holds on to it. I don't I'm not big on Eric's team. But I could see So I could see Hogbro coming through. Um, but his lack of closers makes me a bit hesitant. He has one now. Who do you pick up? He just got a reliever. Well, good job, Mike. Good job. Um, I could I'm also loading a team. Jeremy's team has like this weak. Like I can't put my finger on Jeremy's team. I think his team confuses me more than anyone's team in the league because he has weeks where he scores 400 points. And then he has weeks where he scores 180 points. And I never know how he's going to do in a week. Yeah, and that's really dangerous for a team like yours. Like, yeah, no, Jeremy it is. is one of the it, teams who can beat you. He's one of the few teams that I'm, like, very scared of playing because of that. By the way, the closer Hogbro has is Michael Givens. Oh, so it's been a great pickup for him. Who took the loss today. Yeah. Had and, negative four, and on May 20th had negative 16. <laughs> He's definitely like these fucking guys told me to pick up a closer. <laughs> I picked up a fucking closer. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Mike. But yeah, so I, I agree that Jeremy has a good team. Look, I'm going through that gauntlet right now. I'm playing him, and it's tough. He's putting up, and I expect him to continue to put up over the next couple of days. I mean, he's just made ridiculous pickups. Soroka's been so good, um, and and Miner too. I, he. But he no minor wasn't a pickup right he drafted minor oh uh, right yeah but even he he picked up Geo Geo's been pretty solid I'm still gonna give the edge to Eric I okay. think Eric with that two game lead I don't know if there's enough separation from this point going forward that I can say for certain that I mean there's there's eleven weeks left right yeah but including this one right two games in eleven weeks is that's a decent amount. That's a decent lead. Imagine if you had a two-game lead in baseball with 11 games left. You feel pretty yeah. good about that lead. Yeah. But a lot can change. Oh, obviously. Plus, he's going to play the division at the end of it. So. Right. That's where a lot of it's going to come down to. And look, they, that division gets to play each other. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a big benefit to them. Whoever ends up coming out from that division, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get two teams from there. So how do you feel about... Daniel's team because he's pulling his hair out as we're not mentioning him. <laughs> I like Daniel's team. I think work needs to be done. I don't know if it's necessarily like a team that I would draft, but I, you know, like guys like Julio Tehran and John Lester are actually getting it done. I could see Daniel sneaking in as the five or six seed. I yep. wouldn't be surprised. Most likely six. Because I wouldn't be I, shocked if he took the six either, honestly. I do think there's a tier right now, a little bit, of after Frankie and Galembo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then you're going to get one division win. Look, that division winner may be Daniel. That wouldn't shock me either if he gets the three then. I mean, looking at his team, if Lester and Tehran do keep it up, he's got Nola and Tanaka as well. Nola has to be better. He has to be. He hasn't been good. He's got a lot of... The thing that's that Daniel has going for him is that he has a lot of guys who are underperforming right now, and even if not all of them improve, if just a couple of them improve, he could have himself a good team. So, Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So 
Okay, let's let's say that that's your bracket, right? You said you said Mannheim in the top. Mm-hmm. Consolation bracket. How do you think the rankings go? Ranks seven through twelve. So, in terms of who's going to win the consolation bracket, or who's just how seated? they're going to be seated? Okay, so before they play each other, I don't want to forget about you know the teams that are struggling right now, but still may end up picking it up. Looking at you, Nick Miller, congrats on your proposal. So, I think the people that are going to be near the top of those rankings, one of them has to be in the top division because I I think that those teams are pretty even that they're kind of going to be you know nine and nine or eight and ten. There's going to be a couple of those in that top division, I, I think. Okay. So if I'm putting Jeremy at six, give me – um, I guess give me Daniel at seven. Okay. Um, I'll go with Hogbro at eight. I'll go with Eric at nine. Uh, Ben at 10, Nick Miller at 11, and Nick Morano at 12. Do your best Nick Morano impersonation to hearing that news. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> Was that good? That's pretty good. <laughs> but he is 3 and 4. Yeah, he is. He, like, he definitely I know he was asking for the power rankings, and I do kind of feel like he would still be at the bottom. He just has he has less points than everybody. He has, so, he has a lot fewer what? points. <laughs> like the difference between who's who's second least. It's wow, it's Hogbro. Yeah, the difference between Nick Morano and Hogbro is almost the same as the difference between Hogbro and Galembo. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Those teams, I'm telling you, like they're all neck and neck. pretty crazy and i think the reason why hogbro is so low is because his team got off to a miserable start because of michael gibbons this week so he's only got 51 points right now yeah it's been a rough week for the likes of hogbro and daniel yeah so far um dude lucas giolito got 35 points let's go are you roster baiting right now yeah hell yeah i do that every night so nick miller I want to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, because you put up that article every week, and, and he's the one that gets the most shafted. Yeah, he is, he's getting extremely shafted. The difference between his points for and points against is only 123. So he's been outscored by 123 points over the course of the year. Yet, oh wait, no, I did. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, yet he's 1-6, in six, which yeah, is that's crazy. Cool. And he started off 1-0. He's lost six games in a row. It's a bad story. But, like, okay, we gave Nick Miller a decent amount of shit for his lack of starting pitchers Mm -hmm. and his love of relief pitchers. And while, granted, the relief pitchers haven't worked out, I was looking at his team earlier today. The starting pitchers aren't bad. No, they're not bad. Like, I think I would take his starting pitchers over maybe a little bit less than half the teams in the league. Yeah. But like he's I think the thing with Nick is that he so he took a lot of guys that were just completely dead weight and he held on to them for so long and 
it wasn't just Keuchel. It was Alex Reyes for a while. and Carlos it was Martinez. Carlos Martinez, yeah. And he still has Carlos Martinez. Well, he just came back. Sure, but he's a relief pitcher. I know. So, you know what I mean? Like, those guys, I feel like he drafted them pretty early. They kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of set him up for failure because he, he wasted picks on them instead of other guys he could have got around there. And he's done a great job finding guys like Spencer Turnbull and, you know, Marcus Stroman. He got late. Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd, yeah, he got really late. Herman Marquez has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he did great with the the actual starting pitchers that he did take. Yeah. But he just didn't take a lot of them. I mean, also, he has Zach Gallen right now on his team. Yeah. Like, who is who is Zach Gallen? He's on the Marlins, right? He's their big prospect. Yeah, but... But yeah, he's a prospect, and he's apparently farther away from getting called up than people initially hoped, so... Nick needs that... to win now. Yeah, of course. And that's why he dropped Keiko, right? If you're going to go all-in on the win-now strategy... Go all in on the win now strategy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Drop Carlos Martinez and drop Zach Gallen and pick up some starting pitchers. And have you seen his hitting? His um, infield is ridiculous. Gary Sanchez, Anthony Rizzo, oh, yeah, yeah. DJ LeMahieu, Nolan Arenado, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, they're crazy. That's the best infield in the league. Rizzo's averaging over four points a game, which is I didn't even realize that. It's shocking. That is the best infield in the league, and outfield is probably the easiest position in the league to improve cheaply. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he has that as his base, and like, yeah, he's been unlucky. I mean, can you see him like climbing back to five hundred? I think it's uh, to five hundred, sure. But I think does that get it done? No, I don't think so. Like to finish at nine and nine, he's got. Such a low margin for error that I don't I don't think it happens for him. But I do think that if Nick is listening to this, that he should take a look at his team and see what is working because so much of it is. And going forward for next year, he has such easy things to remember that if he does remember them, he'll have a playoff team no problem because he knows how to draft. He's He used to be a team that made the playoffs every time. And really the, the big difference from those teams and, and this team is that I think he tried to get too creative in terms of how he drafted. And he had a, a crazy strategy to go all in on early closers. Like, all right, you took Edwin Diaz early. That's fine. But then, you know, you followed up with an early Chapman. It was a little too risky. And then to do that and take a bunch of starters who aren't actually starting, just don't do that next year. And if you don't do that, you'll be great. Keep everything else the same, you know, just, Replace those guys in the middle. Where did he end up taking Carlos Martinez? I'm going to pull this up. All right. So he took Keuchel in the 11th, Carlos Martinez in the 13th, Reyes in the 14th. Guys around there, Skaggs, Marco Gonzalez, Luke Weaver, Kyle Gibson, Hyunjin Ryu, Julio Tehran, um, Dylan Bundy, Mike Miner, uh, Trevor Richards, you know, and then later on you got guys like Chris Paddock, Caleb Smith. You're just but reading it, your own pictures now. <laughs> he could have had guys like Luke Weaver, Gibson, Ryu, who I'm sure he had his eye on. 
I agree. You you put those guys on his team, Nick is like a a five and two team right now. Yeah, I mean, especially pairing them with his hitters, he can easily upgrade his outfielders too. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I think I think he may be a tough team to beat coming down the stretch. Is he going to win this week? Do we know the score of his matchup? Yeah, it's, I'll go to the live scoring. He's cool. got yeah, he's got a, a pretty huge lead over Daniel right now. He's he's up by uh, ninety seven and a half. That's right. It's been a tough week for Daniel. Yeah, tough week for Daniel. What other uh, trends have you noticed to start the year? Um, I just I think it's surprising a lot of the the positions that we thought were going to be deep aren't deep. A lot of the players that you never would have guessed would have had a, a year that they're doing so far. They're doing, like Josh Bell, um, George Springer to an extent. Who, who's been your biggest disappointment? Someone you thought would be pretty good? and they haven't been. No, just in general, in the league. Someone coming uh, into the draft, maybe you were targeting, they've disappointed you. Um, Lewis, everything I draft turns oh, no. to gold. No, def- definitely there's a bunch, <laughs> but I have to think about it. I have to try to remember exactly who, because like right now I just want to say Daniel Murphy, but he's on my team, you know? I mean, that's Murphy, a fine answer, though. He's, I mean, he's just been platooning. I don't understand it. It's so annoying. But, I mean, like, I was big on Cano coming into the year, and he's been horrible. That's right, he has been. Um, yeah. Like Goldschmidt, I was really big on Goldschmidt. Yeah, what's going on there? I don't know. He's just been striking out a lot. That one's interesting to me. He's been so good for so long. Yeah. So steady. He has 60 strikeouts right now in 49 games played. It's a lot. That is a lot. Anything else you want to talk about with the league, or you want to transition into some name games? Well, why don't you tell me who uh, who you're most disappointed in? I so from a a hitter's perspective, I was expecting more out of Juan Soto, and I know he's on my team, but he is someone who I was targeting coming into the year. He hasn't been bad, and he, the walks are still there, which helps raise his floor. But I feel like last year on Eric's team, he was hitting a home run like every other day. Yeah, he was pretty ridiculous last year. And that's just not happening anymore. He's basically doing what Shinsu Chu is doing so far. Yeah, but he's better than Shinsu Chu. It's hard to say. He's better than Shinsu. Don't even give me that. It's hard to say at this point in the season. Let's leave it at that. From a pitcher's perspective... Look, a lot of it has been because of injuries. Why I feel like I'm down on certain people, right? Like, Corey Kluber, hard to say that, like, he's not performing up to expectations because he's hurt. Well, you know what? I feel like I've been pretty spot on on the pitchers this year. We have made a couple, though. Carlos Carrasco. He's uh, He's been good. He's been solid. But he has not been as good as we thought he was. Take away his first couple of starts, he's been pretty good. Yeah. 
This last one wasn't great. The last one wasn't great. Um, I was also a bit higher on Bueller. Yeah. He's been rebounding kind of nicely, though. I yeah, it's I interesting. Would, he has been rebounding. You know, a lot of these players I lose track of is they're, like, on these teams that you don't see play that often, you don't hear about them on MLB Network, they're, they're not on my fantasy team. They're on, like, I don't know, sorry, Ben, but Ben's fantasy team. I don't think there's... Well, all right, what are the chances Ben is listening to the podcast, like, an <laughs> hour, 15 minutes into it? Uh, 3%. I, I'm very curious if Ben is listening. 3%. Okay. I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> but a, a lot of these players who, you know, you lose track of. Yeah, no, I agree. A ton of them. Right, like how much have you seen Charlie Morton pitch this year? Not at all. I just kind of check if it's going to be Jalen Beeks, and if I see Charlie Morton, I know it's not Jalen Beeks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of guys who have been disappointing, but I think to what you were saying before, we kind of did have a good gauge on who was going to be a bust. Even Aaron Nola, we both kind of, you know, we had it in our heads to avoid. Um, yeah, and you know what? Looking at Daniel's draft, it's incredible that he's doing as well as he actually is. Well, he made huge pickups. Aaron Judge, Aaron Nola, Javi Baez has been very good. But then Stanton, Tanaka, Joey Votto, that's four busts in the first six rounds right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, take it further, and Fulte is another bust. That's true. So. Kyle Freeland, after John Lester. Yeah. He's been bad. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We still have to see. Jose Ramirez is still bad right now, so, I mean. Has he been? I, I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is averaging 2.27 fantasy points a game. That is not good. Been awful. What's and it's not like he's been hot lately. Like the past seven days, he's got seventeen and a half. He's averaging two point one nine. Seven before that, he's got ten, averaging one point four three. It hasn't been good. What's been going on with Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole's amazing. Has he I been good? Him. He's been fantastic. I saw yeah. he got roughed up a little bit in his last start. Yeah, he did. But the, I don't know if you saw. He put two men on and then. Josh James came in and gave up a grand slam. Um, Garrett Cole's been ridiculous. He's just like sometimes guys sit on his fastball and his his home run to fly ball rate right now. I I'll pull it up. I think it's one point five, which is I was reading more than double it was when he had home run problems in uh, Pittsburgh. So I think Garrett Cole next to Max Scherzer is the biggest buy low. In the league, would you uh, sell him? Fuck no! I so I ranked I ranked I was I was bored and I have no life sometimes. So I ranked my fifty pitchers yesterday, and okay. uh, I have Garrett Cole at three above above Jacob Degrom. So, all right. So, uh, are you available to talk about this list on the podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have no reservations. Okay. Not like anyone's beating me this year. So Ooh. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Let's let's talk. Um, do you want to know my predictions? Sure. You lose to Eric in the second round. Eric's not going to be in the second round. <laughs> if you said if you said like Jeff, I would have been like, damn, that could happen. You lose to Eric in the second round. That's definitely not happening. 
I'll give you money. <laughs> that guy has a four-leaf clover shoved up his ass through the spring and summer months that disintegrates into a fucking pin needle in his ass during the football season. <laughs> He's the a imagery. pine cone in his ass during the football. The imagery is beautiful. <laughs> Eric, what's going on down there, buddy? He uses all of his luck in baseball. Has none in football. Yeah, I don't, I'm not scared of Eric's team this year. I don't know. Maybe that's hubris, but okay. I'm going gonna, gonna to put that one out there at least. There are teams that scare me, but... As you yeah. pull up your list, do you think Wells has come back for football? Um, He said he didn't want to, right? Yeah, but sometimes people say things that they don't really mean because they want to hurt those that are closest <laughs> to them. It depends if he misses it. Like, I think you should ask him if he wants to be back in, and, and if he misses it, then he'll he say he misses it. us? Probably. I hope so. He's still in the slack. I so saw that. I actually checked that earlier today. <laughs> you didn't check it when I put up the photo of him and Jeff kissing? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Imagine being Wells. <laughs> and you just see that. Yeah. You're stuck in your basement studying for that test because you haven't the been actuary. let out. The actuary exam because you haven't been let out since last baseball draft when you took Shoei Otani <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> And your yeah. phone buzzes for the first time in years. It's been years. <laughs> and you look, and it's a photo of you and Jeff getting married. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. It is. And it probably would make him want to come back. That's uh, that's Jeffrey's wife. <laughs> I mean, I hope he comes back, honestly. For football, I think, you know, it's easier to, to pay attention to. So, less, all right. do, you, do you have your list available? Yeah, dude, I, I got it. Okay. And and what did you do with injured players? I didn't rank them. You didn't rank injured players. It's too hard. Because, like, where are you going to play? You say, would you say you're not good enough to rank injured players? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I didn't, I didn't have the energy to sit there and try to gauge whether or not I'd rather have Mike Clevenger or Patrick Corbin. Because in a vacuum, give me Clevenger. But for the rest of this year, I don't know. I don't know how Clev's going to be when he comes back. That's fair. All right, you so know? who's who's your number one pitcher going into next year? Uh, Verlander. But that's, it's, you know, the Sabre metrics on Verlander are pretty horrible compared to Scherzer's. So I, I could... I don't know if I would go that far to say I think horrible. I is like a 3-9... Or something. I'm gonna pull it up, but um, Scherzer's FIP is like way better. But I, Verlander's just been so dominant, and it's more fun to put him first. So I'm putting Verlander first. All right, so you Verlander first. It, gun to your head next year, you first overall pick. Do you take Verlander or Trout? I'd probably go pitcher. So you go Verlander. Yeah, but I'm not gonna have the first pick. You never know. I'm not having the first pick. I mean, look. I think that there's a lot of value with getting picks at the end of the draft. I don't want the first pick. I mean, people people always take the first pick. If you have the first selection, you almost always take the first pick, which yeah. I don't think is necessarily the right thing to do. I don't either. I think historically, more teams have come out of the second half of the draft that made the playoffs than the first half of the draft. That would be interesting to look up. But I think, I think that where you should pick entirely... 
which is going to be like the, the draft metagame, which is going to just be dictated by rankings, wherever, whatever rankings site we're on. And you need to look at who's going to go where. Give yourself, I don't know, a, a five or six pick margin for error and try to map out who you're going to get. Yeah, I don't disagree. So, all right, you have Verlander, then Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you have after that? Cole. Cole. Let's do top five. Cole. Cole, DeGrom, and Snell. DeGrom and Snell. Yeah. Okay, so obviously so we spoke a little bit about Verlander versus Scherzer. Now, Cole versus DeGrom is interesting. Coming into this year, would you have taken Cole over DeGrom? No. But something changed this year. Yeah, I just I like what I see out of Cole. I watch him pitch more than I watch DeGrom pitch. And his underlying metrics are amazing. So I think Cole's going to just have a, a stronger rest of the year. Okay. Not even that DeGrom. I think DeGrom's going to be incredible. So not- are, are these rankings for the rest of this year or for next year? Well, I kind of ranked for the rest of this year. It wasn't like I'm not, I'm not doing this as like an early 2020 uh, okay. draft or anything. All right, so right now you'd rather have Cole for the rest of this year than DeGrom. Yeah, yeah, basically. Got it. Um, yeah, and then, and then I, had, I had Sale next, and I kind of think that's a tier. Sale or Snell? Sale. Sale. After Snell. Got it. After Snell? Yeah. So you I have Snell, Snell, Snell Sale. Snell yes. Snell Sale. That's pretty interesting. Would yeah, you... because sales come so, you know, after his weird, weird start to the year, he's kind of come back a lot. He's got so far, but in the end, does it, it really matter? No, nah, it doesn't even it matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't. Um, would you rank the top six differently, in your opinion? You know. It's a good question. I think I would have Scherzer one. Yeah, I think most people would have Scherzer one. I do Scherzer, Verlander. I'd have to look into Degrom's numbers, but I'm pretty. I'm, I'll put Degrom. Yeah, I think most people would have Degrom over Cole too. Then I'd put Cole, and I think you're right about Snell. Snell yeah. then Sale. Although, Sale just kind of scares me more, is the major thing. I think he's but back to form, but... Who are you going to put there instead? Bauer? Because Bauer is scary. I have Bauer next, but Bauer's been walking so many people that I'd rather probably have Sale. Yeah, no, I think it's Snell or Sale at 5, and then the other one at 6. Yeah. Alright, who's your, who's your seven? Seventh, I have Bauer. Okay. Um, and that's that's just based on him being, you know, an intelligent pitcher who changes things up and hopefully tinkers enough where he fixes his walk problems. All right, enough small talk. Where do you have Tyler Mayle? That's what I'm here for. Um, did I you, put Tyler Mayle? You, you didn't. No, I didn't. Tyler didn't. Mayle is not a top 50 player. But honestly, he was really close, and I, I thought about it. He was one of the guys I was considering in the, in the like, 45 to 50 range. He's like, he's, like, 51 or 52, probably. Yeah, I appreciate it. It um, sucks when you get down to that far, and I'm you're, like, sure. 40. <laughs> yeah, it's just not good. 
Okay, so who's next? I put Granky at eight. Okay. So finish out your top ten. Um, Granky, Kershaw, and Luis Castillo finish off my top ten. I know you would have a different finish probably. So who was seven again? Bauer. Right, Bauer. Why can't I find Bauer in this list? Maybe he's so bad he didn't make it. <laughs> Where, what are you on? Um, a secret site. It's called Fangraphs. Oh, are you sorting by points? No, I, I create a couple of dashboards that I tend to use frequently. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't so know what any of that means, but, but sure. Yeah, Bauer hasn't been great. No, he hasn't been atrocious, but no. he hasn't been great. Um, so, okay, yeah, I tend to agree with most of that. I think Bauer is ranked high. I don't think he makes my top ten. Okay. Um, I think I probably have Carrasco next, to be honest. After Sale? Sale, yeah. Okay. Carrasco... I'm doing this on the fly, so it's a little bit tougher for the rest of this year. And I'll edit out the dead space. Don't worry. Carrasco. Yeah, for the rest. Then give me uh, Strasburg. Strasburg. Okay. He's been dirty. He has been really, really good. He's been dirty, dirty. Dirty, dirty. And I, I don't have a problem with the way that you rounded it out after that. I mean, Kershaw. But, like, the injury proneness is still there. You're skipping over my man, Granky. Yeah, I don't have him there yet. I don't think I don't think Granky's deserving to be in the top ten. But Strasburg is? Strasburg's been better than Granky this year. No, he hasn't been. Yes, he has. No, he hasn't. Are you starting by points? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the underlines. He hasn't been better than Granky this year. He has been better than Granky this year. What are you looking at? Look at his FIP. I don't have him up. What's his FIP? Strasburg's FIP is 274. All right, yeah, then he's been better. Yeah, look, I, I'm not a Granky hater. I think he's in the 10 to 15 range. It's fine. I'm exhausted defending Zach Granky. It's all I do. Should get paid for it. Um, yeah, I'd probably have Kershaw above Granky. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who would really go above him. I'd probably have Bauer above Granky, like you did. Bauer probably around 10. Are there any picks that surprised you? Say, hmm, why'd I have that guy ranked so high? Looking back at it? Yeah. Um, I didn't think... So, I think the biggest thing when you're ranking that makes it difficult is weighing a guy who is sucking but has the history of being consistent versus a guy who's been on fire but doesn't have the history. So when you look at a guy like Syndergaard, who hasn't been great, and you try to compare him with a guy like, I don't know, Hyunjin Ryu, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, Hyunjin Ryu has been a top three pitcher. I don't. He mm -hmm. might even be a top two pitcher in points. But it's Hyunjin Ryu versus Thor. So you know, I'm gonna put Syndergaard higher for now because it's still too early in the season. But. I mean, and Hyunjin Ryu is probably not the best example because Hyunjin Ryu 
the thing with him is usually injuries. That's usually what scares people rather than, you know, him being. Yeah, I mean, he also wasn't great for a couple of years when he came back from the injuries. Yeah, but I guess maybe he was still hurt. I don't know. He's never done this before. No, this is unheard of. But let's say a guy like, I don't know, um, what if Zach Wheeler went on fire for the next two months? I kind of like Zach Wheeler. I, I like why. Zach Wheeler too. That's why I'm saying, like, if Zach Wheeler was amazing for the next two months, his FIP is ridiculous. Is it still in the twos? Let me check. It was like a high two when I looked last uh, week. No, it's a 320. Okay. It's gone but, up a bit. But either way, like if let's say Zach Wheeler pitches much better than Syndergaard for the next month and a half. Do you put Wheeler above Syndergaard? At that point, maybe you do. Maybe. I mean, look, it's not just about FIP, right? There's his no, Sierra no, no. 2 is pretty right. bad, meaning he's given up a lot of bad contact. But all things considered, let's say Wheeler pitches better in every sabermetric category for the next month and a half than Syndergaard. How much does Syndergaard's history of being a better pitcher than Zach Wheeler, how much does that weigh against it? Because you kind of have to read into the narratives of each of these players' story to see what makes sense and what doesn't. Like Wheeler is a potential breakout, so maybe that makes sense. Whereas Ryu has been around longer, maybe that's why it doesn't make sense. I think it's also tough because Syndergaard doesn't really have the history. He's never really been a dominant pitcher. He had a, he had a good he had a good half a season, a really good half a season. But ever since then, it, he's had the he's had the stuff. Why do you keep taking him in the second round? I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, I'm hoping something's there. I mean, I I feel like he's in a weird tier all the time. But he always has the stuff. He's never really played together. I mean, in 2016, he was great. How many innings? 183. Is it really? Yeah, 218 strikeouts, a 2.6 ERA. He was amazing. I guess he's amazing. Oh, you you should trade me Garrett Cole for Syndergaard then. He was also really good last year. Yeah, but like, remember how bad everyone thought he was last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ended up being pretty good. And yeah, he only which pitched- is crazy. So that's why, like, so he does have a decent history. So the question stands, like, when do you rank a guy like Zach Wheeler or Herman Marquez above Syndergaard? I think it probably depends what Syndergaard's issues are. I think it has less to do with Marquez and Wheeler more to do with Syndergaard. Right? Like, no one's doing it with Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. He's been dirty the past month and a half. But, it, like, if Syndergaard has lost velocity, it's an issue. If his BABIP is at like 600, maybe less so of an issue, but you know, still want to check into what's going on there. Yeah. All right, so let me do a little name game for you with some guys who were ranked really high coming into the season who have been struggling then. Let's play a name game. Um, so Aaron Nola, I think, is a guy we should start with. First off, how much do you buy into Aaron Nola turning it around? A little bit. Okay, but I, that doesn't get too confident. I was lower on him than most coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has, what, like a 4-5 ERA right now? I don't I, know, but it's, it's not good. It's not good. 
Um, I don't think he's as good as he was last year. I think some regression was coming to him. I don't think it's this much, but I do feel like he's probably a little bit closer to this than he is what he was last year. Okay. Um, well, that's pretty extreme. Probably somewhere in between, but I think probably a little bit closer to this. Okay, so um, Aaron Nola or Luis Castillo? Are we talking rest of the year? Sure, rest of the year. Luis Castillo. Do you have a different answer for next year? Like you think the offseason is going to make Nola a better pitcher? It could. Yeah, it could. All right. Um, I feel like there's a lot of narrative and story that goes on within a season that a pitcher who gets into a funk may have a harder time breaking out, whereas like a Kyle Freeland who was clearly on fire last year and getting tons of like Babip help, like that narrative clearly was contained within the 2018 season and it did not continue into 2019. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean there. Um would you rather have Aaron Noller or Walker Bueller? Uh, Nola. Okay. I don't trust the Dodgers. Okay. That's the main thing. Would you rather have Aaron Nola or Jose Berrios? Berrios. Okay. Nola or Zach Wheeler? Ooh, that one's tough. think at this point I would go Nola okay Nola or Herman Marquez Herman Marquez okay I'm trying to gauge exactly where you have Nola yeah um, it's tough because I do feel like I'm kind of bouncing around too Nola or Matt Boyd Nola. Nola or Caleb Smith? Nola. Nola or Chris Paddock? Nola. Nola or Shane Bieber? Nola. And I'll tell you why. All those people you just mentioned, if I'm assuming I'm making the playoffs, I want someone who I know can get to September and, and August and not phase out. And I feel like a lot of these young guys will hit the 160 to 180 innings and they'll either hit a hard stop because their teams aren't competing or they're going to be saved for the playoffs or something like that. And so if I'm looking just for this year and I'm looking to make a deep run in the playoffs, I think NOLA will be more valuable during playoff time and fantasy than all those guys you just mentioned. Okay. That I mean, that makes sense. Innings concerns are like, they're never fun to talk about because they kind of... I feel like they take away from the 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 skill level in these name yeah. games a little bit. It it does suck. So if, right, if Daniel approaches you right now and says Nola for Caleb Smith, do you do it? I don't know. It's for my team. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, like everybody that hears that offer would probably be like oh yeah of course you do it but i have i have guys who have that high number one starting pitcher ceiling um and i feel like caleb smith might not have nola's floor but maybe i'm just like blinded by owning caleb smith i don't know so you did rank nola two slots above caleb smith in your rankings yeah yeah 
But in doing these rankings, right, like every they're, they're team They're set in stone, dude. You cannot change them. Well, I I think if I had no players on my team, I take Nola easily. If I'm drafting and I have one pick and it's Nola or Caleb Smith, it's easily I'm taking Nola. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to talk about is like in the context of my team, I'm not sure if that makes sense as much as it would in the context of Daniel's team. It obviously makes more sense to have Nola than Caleb Smith. Right, Nola has the potential to be a number one starting pitcher. Caleb Smith throughout a whole season, I'm not sure if he does. But Daniel needs the help now, and Caleb Smith is good now. Is do you think Daniel's team gets better long term if if he gets Caleb Smith instead of Aaron Nola? I don't think it does. I, mean, I said I want Nola more than Caleb Smith because he's better for a playoff run. But who helps me get more wins in the next four weeks? I would argue probably Caleb Smith. Right, right. I, I'm, maybe contextually you could argue it does for Daniel, but I'm trying to say that for my team I don't think it does because I already have so many guys that I can kind of count on for that ace potential okay. where Nola's floor is kind of it's in our face right now and his underlying stats aren't really supporting it. But, yeah, if I only had one player, then, yeah, it's Nola. Um trying to think of another good name game to give you you said you'd rather have Berrios than Nola right you said yeah okay um I, I want I want to give you one sure you're always given the name games how about you be on the receiving end of a name game sometimes yeah I, I give you a list of 50 pitchers <laughs> yeah but I want I want to play this with you sure I want to I want to center it around Madison Bumgarner okay because I feel like, you know, he's been having a good year. He's been solid. I mean, a 3-5 FIP, 3-6-2 XFIP, 3-6-6 Sierra. He's been solid. Yeah. Good. yeah. Madison Bumgarner or Luke Weaver. Um, Luke Weaver. Madison Bumgarner or John Lester. Bumgarner. Okay. Madison Bumgarner or Mike Miner? Um, Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner or Lucas Giolito? Giolito. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have Giolito on my team, so it's, it's definitely the bias again because I... No, I can trust Giolito. I don't know what it feels like to own Bumgarner this year. Bumgarner or John Gray? Bummy. Bumgarner or Kyle Gibson? Bummy. You hate Kyle Gibson. I hate fucking Kyle Gibson. I feel like Bumgarner is just better than those guys. Those guys don't have the ceiling Bumgarner has. Okay. Bumgarner or Spencer Turnbull? Bumgarner. Bumgarner or Frankie Montas? Frankie Montas. Hmm. I buy into Frankie Montas. The one player on the Frankie team. <laughs> I think he's legit. Bumgarner or Cole Hamels? Two um, very similar players. Yeah, see, that's like, that's so hard. Uh,. Probably Cole Hamels, but it's it's super close. 
I like it. I hesitate just because Hamill struggled his last time out, but I think I would still go Cole Hamill's. Bumgarner or Rich Hill? Rich Hill. Confidently, he says it confidently, folks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that one's as close. I think Rich Hill is much better. Bumgarner or Robbie Ray? Uh, Bummy. Okay. I don't like his volatility. All right. So safe to say you're you're lukewarm on the Bumgarner. Yeah, I, where'd I rank him? I ranked him like around forty, I think, right? Yeah, it was around there. Bumgarner or Marco Gonzalez. Bummy. Marco's like a more boring version of Bumgarner. You know, like those are guys who aren't gonna get you ten strikeout games and thirty-five points. Those are guys who you're excited when they get you twenty points. And I think Bumgarner just has the the more consistent approach to getting that. Okay. So what else do you want to talk about on this fine podcast? Or should we close it out and let everyone listen and then come back next week? I don't know. I feel like maybe we should touch on hitters a little bit because we always talk pitchers. We're like pitcherless. I know. <laughs> How long? Like what, what time are we at right now? We're at about an hour and a half. Oh, that's not bad. I thought we were at this way longer. No. All right. Well, let's let's talk hitters a little bit. Is there is there a position you want to cover? Um, yeah. I mean, third base is shockingly shallow to me. Um, and first base is shockingly deep. I had the opposite coming into the season. I thought that the first base tier was going to be way more top heavy, and I thought third base was going to be way deeper. And it looks like it's entirely entirely the opposite so so who at third base has surprised you in a bad way in a bad way how about travis shaw (laughs) (laughs) is he top of the list (laughs) um probably (laughs) let's look in a bad way travis shaw has surprised me matt carpenter has surprised me um Those are, yeah, I mean, let's go with those two. Okay. Agree? Disagree? Thoughts? Um, I agree. I I was, I felt like I was higher on Travis Shaw than most and probably lower on Carpenter than most. Um, but still, I mean, both of them are having pretty shitty years. Yeah. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Oh, yeah, duh. Is he, is he considered third base? I forget, always. Yeah, no, he is. I think he's only third base. Yeah, so he's he's having a bad year. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously at the top of the list. I totally forgot about him. Yeah, he's Uh, been holding Let's see who else is on this list. Well, Andujar got hurt. Yeah. So, take him off. Um, Did you have... Were you a big Jung Ho Gang fan? Uh, No, I was not a big Jung Ho. You're not a fan of the gong? No. I did like Paul DeJong coming into the year. But that shortstop. Yeah, overall, I mean, third base has just been kind of bleh. Right? There's been such good value. It's just like certain guys. Eduardo Escobar. And I loved Eduardo Escobar coming into the year, you know? Yeah. Um, Moustakis. He's been great. Um, I don't know if I'd say great. He's been okay. He's been amazing. He's been good. Moustakis has been 
just because he's the ninth best, he's averaging 3.32. Yeah. It's been really good. Like, if you've got a guy averaging over three points a game, they're they're very good. Yeah. I mean, look, Machado has been kind of bleh. I expected that. After last year, though? He had a yeah. pretty good last year. No, I, I actually hated Machado this year. Machado's the type of guy that I would not have even taken if he came back. Did he in the? I was gonna say in the third round, and he did. He literally did pass us by in the third round. So. Yeah. So what round would you have taken him this year? Uh, the fifth, sixth. Okay. Um, Anthony Rendon kind of have to put on the top of that list as as surprising in a good way. Best third baseman so far. Chris Bryant is actually ranked number one right now. Ranked, yeah, yes. I mean, the the points per game isn't so huge where I think you have to put Bryant first. I mean, Rendon has had 60 fewer plate appearances. Yeah. Bryant's, I mean, sure, you can put Rendon ahead of him, but Bryant's been so good. So good and so recently good. It, Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. Yeah. You know, maybe he wasn't healthy to start the year or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then obviously, you know, you got to talk about um, Vlad Jr. Yeah, he turned it around recently too. He. he so we were watching. I was watching that game with Frankie. Um, I was in Montauk, and we got the TV on. Had the HDMI set up, MLB streams, and. Vlad gets up, his first plate appearance. He gets a pitch on the inside, and he kind of lets go of the bat a little bit as he swings. But he got the bat around so quickly, he was able to get the barrel on it, even though it was so inside. So it was a really cool-looking swing. Mm-hmm. It was a little awkward, but he basically he gets jammed and still puts the barrel on it. And the ball starts carrying, and I, I just shout, oh, that's it, it's gone. And Frankie's all hyped. And it goes to the warning track, and you know the ball dies down, and it gets caught. And I feel like that got into Vlad's head, because you imagine being like a, a rookie with so much hype behind you. You go up there, and you almost hit a homer in your first at bat, and you're like, "Damn, I just missed it." And then the next time you go up, you don't hit one. The next time you go up, you don't hit one. And I feel like you just have it on your mind every game, and that's what happened. And from the point he hit his first homer, he's just been amazing. Yeah, he has been. And look, that was even I think they had a series in San Francisco when he had a he hit a whole bunch. Yeah. Because I feel like he probably just took the stress and the pressure off himself as soon as he hit that first one. So the top four guys are guys you would expect, right? Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Bregman, Baez, not necessarily in that order, but people you think are good. We touched right. on Eduardo Escobar, but the next guy in terms of points is Rafael Defers. Yeah, yeah. And but I actually where did that come from? So I liked him coming into the year. Well, you had um, him last year. I had him last year, and he was a fat piece of shit who swung at everything in the dirt, and it sucked. He was so bad. And then this year, he lost a bunch of weight, and he was talking to J.D. Martinez about how not to suck as much at baseball. And, it, you know, stuff like that, you hear that. The guy's young, and he had all this this talent and this hype. So there were enough things going for him where I was like, oh, it could, it could be good. And then Frankie grabbed him, and he's been really good. The biggest thing with him that's crazy is he's been stealing bases. He's got, I think he's got six steals. Yeah, he's got six yeah, steals. Well, you see what you can do when you're not a fat piece of shit anymore? Yeah, I know. This is a motivation to us all. Um, 
So, okay, do you want to touch on first baseman a little bit? Yeah. Because you said yeah, surprisingly but... deep. Well, I mean, how did you feel about first base coming into the year? I thought that there were three to four good first base, great first baseman, and then after that, you probably just want to get a value guy. Right. So that basically eliminated taking guys like Cody Bellinger. Right. Who would have fallen into that five or sixth ranked first baseman coming yeah, into the Yeah, I year. mean, it's tough to project that Cody Bellinger was going to do what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. But I'm going to guess your your rankings for first baseman were something like Paul Goldschmidt, Anthony Rizzo, Freddie Freeman, Reese Hoskins, something like that. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think Votto was up there too. I think it was like a five-man tier. But okay. also Reese didn't have first base coming into the year. Right. So, but I mean, you drafted him kind of. As yeah, a first I had to wait those 10 games though. Yeah. But yeah, if we look at it, it's not those guys at the top. No, the top it's not three those guys. are Cody Bellinger, who's averaging 5.11 a game. It's nuts. Then Josh Bell, even more nuts, averaging 4.28. And he's got 201 points so far. He's been insane. He was traded from Michael Walker. Yeah, nuts. Can you imagine that? And then you have Joey Gallo, which is equally insane. The guy yeah. that used to strike out constantly. I mean, he still I mean, does. Split, but I don't know what he's what's he doing. He's got 4.4 a game. Yeah, he, he walks a lot. He hits a lot of home runs. I mean, he's, he's the true three outcome player. It's home run, strikeout, walk. Yeah. It's crazy. But, but that's been, you know, the huge shock. And then you go down, you got Freeman and Rizzo. That was expected. Rizzo's next... been a man on fire recently. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't see that he all of a sudden was averaging four a game. But the guy after Rizzo is just as surprising, I think. Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah. Like what the fuck? He goes to Seattle, a big ballpark, and he's a resurgence all of a sudden. Why? I don't know. He's got thirteen homers. We know why. Well, yeah, Eric. Exactly. If anyone else drafted Edwin Encarnacion, he'd be hitting two thirty five with like six home runs. Yeah, probably. Probably. But he's not. He's got 13 homers. He's averaging three and a half points a game. That's way too much. Like, how does a guy cut his strike? This is lowest strikeout rate since 2015. <laughs> Eric's been training with him all offseason, dude. Yeah, he must have been. Pretty but, crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, if you just look, first base is so, so deep. You got Reese Hoskins, Pete Alonzo, and Luke Voigt came out of nowhere, as did Daniel Vogelback. I'm a big Luke Voigt fan. Yeah, he's I, so... I wanted that guy at the end of the draft, and Jeff snatched him. I forgot about him, honestly. I liked him going into the draft, and I totally forgot about him. And then Carlos Santana, Jose Abreu, Hunter Dozier is having himself a, a great first year. He is. I mean, these guys are all, they're ridiculous. You go down more, Paul Goldschmidt is ranked 18th. I know. that. Who saw that come? Nobody. I thought it was going to be amazing. Paul Goldschmidt behind Hunter Dozier and Trey Mancini. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's very crazy. And look, don't forget about my guy Mitch Moreland. I know. I know. 
He's been really good, too. All these guys have been serviceable. He doesn't play I, versus lefties, but he destroys right-handed pitching. He's averaging over three a game. So, yeah, I just, I'm really surprised at, you, you basically could have waited on any first baseman that was not Cody Bellinger, and you would have been fine. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Even guys on waivers right now. Yeah. I don't want to name drop, but there are plenty of guys on waivers who would be serviceable on a team. More than serviceable, honestly. Yeah. Who Who's the worst first baseman that's owned by someone right now? Um... Just, I see uh, Aguilar on the first page. Aguilar on the first page. He's he's been. We got to say Aguilar is worse than Matt Olson because Olson missed time, right? Yeah. I mean, you want to count Daniel Murphy, but he kind of platoons, so <laughs> and he's a second baseman. Yeah, I guess I guess it's Aguilar. Yeah. yeah it's pretty crazy. It is. A deep position, a historically deep position that looked shallow coming into the year that ended up being deep. And I was thinking about doing an article, but it's, uh, I don't know, I would need your, your brain for the numbers. Well, thank you. But to to compare value at each position and to see where the value is actually had from, you know, catcher to first to second to third to short between the best guy or maybe like from the the top 12 I don't know you'd have to tier it somewhere where you could you could split it up into sectors and like you know you'd compare the top 12 for each position and the, the gap between 3 and and 10 or some shit and you average that I don't know yeah you could put that into an article but I'm curious where like if you're just thinking about hitters like where, where do you start in terms of an early round? I mean, look, even like look at the difference between Cody Bellinger and Josh Bell. Like that's forty-five points. That's huge. Yeah. And so what I was kind of thinking though in an article like that is you kind of have to omit those outliers. You have to omit Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that, but. Still, it's not something that should be ignored, right? You can't say that the difference between Bellinger and the next best first baseman is the same as the first best second baseman and next best second baseman because it's, it's no, not. exactly. You can't, you can't, and excuse it. But like either way, excuse it. I don't. What do you think? Excuse it more, leaving Cody Bellinger in for that, or no? I'd probably take him out, or at least find a way to average him in. Yeah. Do you do the same thing for Yelich? Yeah, probably. Without looking, who's the best second baseman? I mean, I, I looked already, but I would have guessed it. I would have guessed it. You would have gotten it right? Yeah, yeah. Whit Merrifield's been crazy. You would have guessed Ian Kinsler? No. Whit, dude, he's eating his witties. All right, well, you have any last points to make before we close this out? No, no, I think it's been pretty good. Um probably have to cut a bunch of stuff out honestly but well we will uh we will see everyone next time um for the mlb mvps and lewis Colabro, i've been justin chernow in the colorado crush and i want to remind everyone to keep on trading sending trading offers trading is fun don't be petty 
and don't have a rule that I don't trade with anyone until Ben starts to make the playoffs, and then you trade Jeff Samarja to Ben. But whatever. <laughs> remember that? Solved. Remember Solved. That? Yeah, I remember. All right. Well, after all has been said and done, and there's nothing left to say or do, I bid you Thanks for adieu. listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay. It's been fun.